John 15, so we'll be skipping ahead some. John 15. And I'm children. You go ahead and head out. It's children, kid adventure today. Yeah, let's go ahead and have fun. We're going to be going to the pumpkin patch after a potluck today. And just bummer, happened to be, today happened to be a time where a lot of parents with kids said, we're going to go to Pumpkin Patch, they're out of town. Um, Quinn and Mel were in Florida, um, having a vacation over there. And so I'm praying for them to begin back tomorrow. And I uh, just wanted to bring a prayer request before you. Um, I was talking to our missionary, Eddie Mills, yesterday yesterday or Friday, um, I believe it was yesterday, and he, um, he, he just got to, back to the United States um, to go to Pensacola Christian College to do his recruitment for um, having people to come visit China um, for their missions programs that they do there. And so he went to the hospital on Friday. So yeah, I talked to him Saturday, went to the hospital on Friday and found out that one of his arteries is 80% blocked. And he said it's the one that's a widow maker. And his wife's in China um, currently, and she doesn't get here until tonight. And so um, they were pushing this surgery till Tuesday. Tomorrow he has his pre-op, and then Tuesday he has his surgery. And so he's going to be having a triple bypass surgery. And so let's go ahead and go a prayer um, for our um, missionary, Eddie Mills, um, and his wife, Cindy, and that everything will be successful. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for um, Eddie Mills and his wife, Cindy, and for the work that they've been involved in in China, um, that Chinese people would be able to hear the gospel. And here he's now ha- um, has a surgery risk, has a health risk, and we just pray, Lord, that you would guide the doctors, that you would um, help them to be able to get everything they need to get to, to um, remove the blockage from his artery, and just say you'll be with his heart, and just pray, Lord, for safety, travel, mercies for his wife as well on uh, uh, tonight, um, or going on right now. It takes a while to get here. But, Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you be with Eddie Mills, that you really be a help to him. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, man, real faithful missionary near China for many um, years, um, over 20 years. It might be over 30 years now, I don't remember. But um, John 15 in verse 9 says, As the Father have loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love have no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. And so, here Jesus speaks about the Father's love. About how his love um, that is the Father has loved him. He has loved us. And, and if we keep his commandments, we shall abide in his love, even as he has kept his Father's commandments and abide in his love. And then he speaks about joy. You know, the ladies' um, Bible study on Friday evening, 
they, uh, they, um, that my wife taught about joy and about the joy of forgiveness, about forgiving one another, forbearing one another, um, that, that we're able to have joy when we have an attitude of forgiveness. And um, Jesus came um, in part that our joy may, would, may be full, that his joy would remain in us. And we see that is the fruit of the Spirit. Um, that the Bible says in Galatians 5.22 that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. And so part of the fruit of the Spirit, when we're walking in the Spirit, is that we will have these attributes, and one of them being joy. But if you walk around, you know, around in the world, okay, even amongst Christians, many times you don't see a smile on their face. Many times you don't see a countenance of joy. And in the world in particular, with the loss, you see a lot of despair. You know, you, you maybe see that in one moment, as they're getting drunk, that they may look like they're happy and having a good old time. And then the rest of the week, they're stressed, they're in despair, they're lonely, they're hurt. But Jesus said, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy, might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. You know, when we read the Bible, if you read the Bible with joy in mind, you'll see it just about everywhere. Joy is the atmosphere in which Christians ought to live. You know, the Bible says in Philippians 4.4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. And so this joy, this rejoicing, this contentment, this happiness, all of it. And now happiness and joy are different, but if you're being joyful, you will be happy. Happiness sometimes ends up just coming, though, based on circumstances, good things that make us happy. Joy will get us through times when, even th when things are difficult. But we're to rejoice in the Lord always. 1 Thessalonians 5.16, Paul wrote to the church there, to rejoice evermore. Rejoice, you see, it's a theme throughout the New Testament and the Old Testament. But we must see the source of our joy. Again, it's not in the happenings that happen in our life, but that the center of joy for the Christian is Jesus Christ himself. As Jesus said, my joy in you. Christian's joy is Christ's joy in us. That the joy that Jesus has, and that we see that the joy that he had that enabled him to endure the afflictions of the cross, um, and seeing the joy um, that was to come, of seeing joint heirs with Christ, that although Jesus is the only begotten Son of God, that we can be joint heirs in a sense of being a child of God. Jesus being the firstborn among many brethren, meaning not that he was a first created being, for he is the creator, but being the firstborn and that he has the preeminence and that our joy is to come from him. The characteristic of joy that the Bible describes um, is that one that Jesus wants our joy to be full. He doesn't want it to be half empty. He wants it to be full. In 1 Peter 1.8, Peter writes, Whom having not seen, ye love, and whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. 
that this joy is so great that no matter how much we express it, we can't express it enough. It's unspeakable. It's full of glory. And there is to be the continuity of joy. And that Jesus said, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy, again, might remain in you. So it's not that you would just have this occurrence of joy, but that the joy of Christ would remain in you. You know, you think about a church planter that goes, um, goes and plants a church from scratch, that they don't even have a building to meet in, um, or, or they have a building, but they don't own the building. They maybe are renting a storefront. And they're not, even, they're not able to care support the pastor as an established church would be able to. And so he's working another job and he's trying to reach people and many times um, just has one family come. Maybe two families come to church. You know, if our joy is in that, it's going to be empty. Our joy isn't even in just the work of the Lord. It is in Christ Himself. That is, the church planner goes and struggles and is surrendered to the cause of Christ. For Him to remain steadfast, He needs that joy of Christ that remains in Him. But in life, it's so easy to let joy leave. But that's because we've become detached from our, the center of joy, which is Jesus Christ. Many things in the world do not seem stable. But the joy of Christ is a continual, never-ending, absolutely constant joy when we follow the principles of Scripture. As Jesus spoke about um, keeping His commandments. This joy will survive the difficult times. It is not hinged again on what happens. It does not hinge on getting a job promotion. Joy does not need to be lost when we get denied the job promotion or someone else gets it instead of us. When maybe... Your children end up not doing well. Your grandchildren. It may grieve the soul. But you could call out to God and pray for them and let your joy remain in Jesus. But man, kids, John did right that he has joy in knowing that his children continue to walk in truth. Not just his own physical type children, but his spiritual children. Those that he led to the Lord. Those that he discipled. And so there is a joy that comes when we see our children of the faith walk in truth. And our own children. But sometimes things maybe go astray for a season. For a time. And that's where our joy must not be in even other people. And how well other people do. But in Jesus Himself. Jesus wrote to, or He, he spoke to His disciples and said, And ye now therefore have sorrow. He's about to go to the cross. But He says, But I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. May you think about that time when they saw Jesus risen from the dead. Yeah, there was that doubt at first. And it wasn't just Thomas that doubted initially. All the disciples pretty much had doubt. Is Jesus really risen again? You notice Jesus appeared to women first. You know, and, and the men didn't believe Him. But then when they saw Jesus, oh, the joy that they would have to see the Son of God who had been put to death to rise again. 
And then they went forth and spread the message that Jesus was risen. That they, by their wicked hands, had slew Him. But that they could have salvation through repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And they went around spreading that joy. And that even when Peter was turned upside down on the cross and crucified according to historical accounts, that he did not lose his joy. No one was taking his joy away. When the Apostle Paul would be put to death, he did not lose his joy. When he was in prison with Silas, what were they doing? They were singing praises to God. They were rejoicing in the name of Jesus Christ. No one was able to take their joy away. It remained in them. His people were fed to the lions or facing the gladiators. They kept the faith. They, they kept believing in Jesus because His joy does not go away. James wrote, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations. And he talks about trials, difficulties, hardships. Talks about how these work patience. That, 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 that these will help you. That these aren't to t take away your joy, but that you would count it joy when you fall into these diverse temptations. Peter said to count it joy when you suffer as a Christian. He said that the godly shall suffer persecution. And that when you do, let them not be ashamed. Nehemiah 8.10 Nehemiah told the people, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now man, they say we're having successes, having victories. Man, to rejoice. But then when there were obstacles... The Lord is your strength. And that has not changed. Secret of joy in our life. You know, it's every once in a while, a Christian is down or discouraged or depressed, just having maybe a bad day. Say, you know what, I know I'm saved. But then why don't I have joy? I remember when I had joy when I first got saved. But I don't have joy now. I just have sorrow. I grieve. The passion just doesn't seem to be there anymore. It was actually pretty simple. This isn't really going to be 301 message, but a basic 101 to have in joy in life. You know, sometimes when we had that initial joy, the joy is not gone. The joy is still within us. We just are not experiencing it. We just, we just don't feel it, so to speak. But if you have eternal life, no one's going to take that joy away. But I understand the passion could be gone. You maybe don't feel as joyous. But you know, back then, often it was we were totally surrendered to Christ. He was preeminent. He was our priority. He was our adoration. He was our worship. And so if you lost any portion of that joy or the measure of joy... Surrender your life. Surrender it to Him. We see David had a time where he did not feel joy. And that he said, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And uphold me with thy free spirit. You know, David didn't feel the joy. You know, he was in sin. He just sinned with Bathsheba. 
You know, when you commit adultery, it's not going to be a joyous feeling. Maybe be a little bit of pleasure, but it will not be joy. It will be empty. It will be vain. The Bible says the man that committed adultery with a woman lack of understanding. That is, it's an arrow that pierces the heart. And so David did not need his salvation renewed. He simply needed the joy of the Lord's salvation renewed. And so he asked the Lord to restore unto him the joy of God's salvation. In Acts 8, verse 6, it says, And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. That they saw God work in their life. They took heed to the preaching. They saw miracles perform. And part of sometimes just getting back to where we feel that joy is to give heed to those things that which are spoken. To take heed to the preaching of the Word of God. You know what? I know there's times when I'm down. You know what? There's times where, you know what? I need to listen to some preaching. Listen to some Bible preaching. Preaching is going to both give conviction to have me get out of my low place, but give me also joy, encouragement in the Lord. There was great joy in that city. And although we are currently small here at Napa Vine Baptist Church, May our testimony shine forth out in the community that we are a people of joy. That even if we, when we come together and there's lots of pews open, empty, okay? But would that not be where, oh man, it just drains us, where it makes us feel down. But what people would say visit is say come in. To see, man, these people are joyful. These people are happy. These people know the Lord. They have things to rejoice about. You know, a Carol, um, she came to the ladies' retreat—not uh, retreat, ladies' Bible study this week. This week, she's they usually kind of sit in the back. Carol and Lynn, Sir, Lynn's her husband, and um, you know, one of the things they mention about you know a church in general. You know, they want somewhere to connect. I mean, they, she really felt connected. They, they weren't going to be here today, but it's a ladies thing. You know what? They had a Bible study, and then they had a craft. Um, and then come to find out, she, she's an artist, and um, she loves to do art. And, you know, she just kind of talked about the joy that's here, the joy that she had with the ladies over there, and just wanting more time. You know what? There's... Um, our joy is in Christ. Our joy is not in one another. But when you have a bunch of believers that are filled with the joy of Christ, that joy is going to continue to be contagious and rub off on one another. You know, when Philip baptized the eunuch, it says um, they both, when they came, were come out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. And we ought to be rejoicing. You know, I remember you're going to the bank. If you go, if you go to the bank, I hardly go to the bank now. Everything's so much digital. You know, in some ways, that's not a good thing. It takes us away from society. So we need to be intentional to be a part of society. To find a way we can serve our community as individuals, as Christians, and even as a church, but the foremost being getting the gospel out. But you know what? You go, say you go to a bank teller still. You know what? Asking them how their day is. You know what? You know what they're usually going to say? Oh, it's going good. Unless it's just really that poor sport and they just get always terrible. Like they, they just always want to mope or whatever. But you know, and they ask you, you know, you rejoice. You know, talk about how the Lord's been good. That God's been good in your life. You know what? That maybe there was something in the message that really was helpful to you during, um, on Sunday. Talk about that with them. 
You know, just talk about the joy of the Lord. You know, if, they, if people just see Christians as people that are sorrowful or they just don't have any energy, they have no passion, why would they want what we have? They're going to miss eternal life if they just see grumpiness in our spirit. If they just see us being lethargic in life. It's a good possibility they'll miss the gospel. And so if you want to get your joy back, completely surrender yourself to the Lord. Let Him be preeminent to Him. And along with that, of surrendering yourself, submit yourself totally to the Lord. Paul wrote, For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live therefore or die, we are the Lord's. That's how we are to be unto Christ. Whether we live or die, which the Bible says is gain, you know, we get to go and be present with the Lord. But while we live, we're to live unto the Lord. And so we're to be submissive to the Lord. Be submissive to His commandments. And that He said that, that if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. And now this isn't talking about keeping commandments to keep eternal life or to keep salvation, but just talking about for the believer that if they keep the commandments, you'll abide in that love in the sense that you'll have joy. That you're going to be in love with the Lord. That you will have joy. You'll abide in His love. That my joy might remain in you. That your joy might be full. Paul wrote to the Thessalonians. He goes, And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction. Hey, so he tells them, you know, I know when you receive the word of God, when you believe on Christ, it wasn't like everything on the outside was just all wonderful. You know, it brought separation among families. It brought family members being in prison. A lot of things that aren't good. They received the word in much affliction. But, it also says, with joy of the Holy Ghost. So that ye were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. They received the word in affliction. Much affliction. But they had the joy of the Holy Ghost. And they were at samples to other, others that would believe. Joy and the Holy Spirit go together. No wonder the Bible calls joy the fruit of the Spirit. There was a preacher named Walter Wilson. In his early days of ministry, he felt pretty fruitless. See, pastor the church, he was a hard worker, but there was little evidence of God working through him. His ministry was small. One day, a friend asked him, Dr. Wilson, what is the Holy Spirit to you? Okay, and he responded in a theologian sense. He said, he's one of the persons of the Godhead. He's a teacher. He's a guide. He's the third person of the Trinity. Okay, theologically sound. Okay, talking about who the Holy Spirit is. And his friend said, you haven't answered my question. He goes, what is the Holy Spirit to you? How is the Holy Spirit in your life? And he answered how he felt. He said, you know, it really feels like he's nothing to me right now. Like I have no communion with him, no contact with him. It seems like my ministry gets along quite well without him. You know, he just felt empty, like things were dying. 
And then he heard another preacher, James Gray, preaching about the filling of the Holy Spirit. At the end of the service, Wilson returned to his motel, fell on the carpet, began to pray, offering himself to the control of the Spirit, to be completely yielded, that the Spirit was not just a theological doctrine to him, but a person that works in his life. And he was a changed man from that moment went on to be one of the most joyful and powerful preachers of his generation. But God brought him down to a low spot first. You know what? The the gospel is not about law. The law is to be our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. You know what? Living for Christ, you know it now in the Spirit, okay, living for Christ... You know what, I don't wake up in the morning or think all throughout the day that, oh man, this is going to just be tough. Man, I got to keep all these commandments. I got to make sure I don't commit adultery. Man, I just got to make sure I don't covet. Oh, I just got to make sure I don't commit idolatry. I don't wake up thinking of all this list of rules or laws. Now, God has that there for our benefit. Okay, you know what? When we're not walking in the Spirit, we need the law to show us where we need to be convicted, where we are wrong. Okay, you know what? The speed limit, it's not needed for safe drivers. It's to try and bring restraint for those that have the urge to be unsafe in their driving, to be reckless. Okay, the law is not there to be our source of joy. But you know, as I walk in the Spirit, as I serve God, and I have His joy remaining in me, as I'm walking in the Spirit, I'm not going to commit adultery. I'm not going to develop that heart of covetousness. You know, maybe, okay, maybe there could be the thought, maybe it could come. But then that's where you need to yield to the Spirit and not give in to the flesh. But I don't wake up every day thinking, oh man, I have all these commandments I need to fill. Because when we're walking in the Spirit, the Spirit will lead us and guide us in all truth. It will lead us to do that which is righteous. Number three, for the joy to truly to fill the joy that remains in us. We must study the Word of God. Almost without fail, when a Christian ends up not having joy, it's they haven't been reading their Bible. They have not been in the Word of God. You know, the times where I maybe just, okay, maybe I'm not discouraged, but maybe it just kind of feels empty. You know, it's just that life feels empty. Many times it's, I have not really been in the Word. Maybe I've been in the Word to prepare a message. But I haven't really been in the Word personally, devotionally, of being like, Lord, open Thou mine eyes, that I may see Thy great wonders. Teach me, Lord. But once I get back in that, I'm like, man, why haven't I been doing this? And no wonder there's not the abundance of joy that I have the power to because of Jesus Christ giving it to me. So study the Word. 1 John 1, 4. John wrote, And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. What is he writing? He's writing the oracles of God. He's writing down, he's pinning down God's Word to us. He says, if it abides in you, we write this to you, so your joy may be full. Jesus said again in chapter 15, verse 12, This is my commandment, that ye love one another, as I have loved you. Okay, if you're going to know His commandments, you're going to be reading His commandments. And so get in the Word. Get in the Word, and it will help your joy blossom. Number four, spend time with God in prayer. Told you it's 101. 
101 Christianity. You know, it's been time with God in prayer. Um, you know, it's been time um, in the Word of God. Be surrendered to Christ. Submit to Him. Jesus said, Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. You know what? God gives this open invitation. Ask. You know what? Pray, and you'll receive and your joy may be full. And when we pray, you know what? Make sure we're not just praying with the mind and with words, but with our heart truly believing in it. There's times where I've caught myself, I'm praying out of duty. I'm praying because I know that's what I'm supposed to do, but my heart isn't all the way in it, or I'm not really believing it's going to happen. Not that I disbelieve, but I just pray like as if I did not believe. But the Bible says, pray, believing, and you shall receive. There will be joy. Psalm 16, 11 says, Thou will show me the path of life, and thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. It's just the simplicity of our joy coming through Christ. It's not joy without tears or without sorrow. Challenges come. But it's the kind of joy you could have like you've never experienced before when you really give Christ to be your God in your heart. David Jeremiah mentioned a friend of his, a preacher friend of his, Tom Wallace, that he used to pastor a church in Maryland. He told of a fellow who came to his congregation one Sunday morning. He just walked off the street. He was an unkept fellow who obviously hadn't been in church for a long time. He came about halfway into the congregation and sat down. That morning, Pastor Wallace preached. Preached with great power, great liberty. And the man heard a clear presentation of the gospel. When the invitation was given, he slipped out from where he was standing and came forward to trust in Christ. To believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Put his faith in Him. This church, they didn't mess around with baptism, between salvation and baptism. That church operated. You got saved that morning, you got baptized that day. They went, they baptized him. He came out of the baptistry, clapping real big. You know, people didn't know what was going on. But it's a homeless man. You know what? What he got when he got a hot dog. You know what? He was happy when he got food. He didn't know to say, Amen, praise God, glory to the Lord. He said, Hot dog, hot dog, hot dog. But you know what? There was the joy of the Lord. You know, we ought to rejoice when people get saved. You know, Kanye West has just mentioned um, that he has put his faith in Jesus Christ alone. And you know, there's some that doubt. There's some that are being cautious. There's some that are praising and lifting them up. And that's where, you know what, there needs to be some caution. We, yes, we rejoice. You know what, man, if he's truly put his faith in Jesus alone, praise God. He's going to be a baby Christian if he is. But we also need to be discerning that we don't lift up celebrities just because they maybe made a profession of faith. You know what? Pray for them. You know what? Hopefully it is. But you've seen time and time again where Myra Cyrus, she found God. And then parents started promoting her like crazy. And then they led many people away from God. Um, the Jonas Brothers coming out is like, hey, we're Christians, you know, and we're gonna um, we're gonna pledge our purity um, before the Lord. And then them talking about how that was a mistake, that was childish. But now Christians are already stuck on them. 
And so we need to be careful we don't lift a celebrity status because you know that we quick, we're quick to promote people. Okay? But you know, if he is a Christian, a baby Christian, pray for him. Pray that he grows. Pray that he has a clear understanding. No one becomes a theological giant when they get saved. It takes time of growing. You know, there's a difference between laughter, just joking around. You know, you kids, you kids know any good jokes? You don't know any good jokes? Alan doesn't tell you jokes in the team class. He teaches you the Bible in there. Is that what he does? All right. Okay, well, there's some old jokes. You know, why did a chicken cross the road? You know, we said to get to the other side. Um, or to cock-a-doodle do something? Why did a chicken cross the basketball court? He heard the referee calling fouls. <laughs> Why did a chicken cross the road, roll in the mud, and cross the road again? Because he was a dirty double-crosser. Why did a chicken cross the play- playground? To get to the other slide. You know what? Jokes may make us laugh. Maybe not those old dad jokes, okay? Those maybe don't make our kids laugh. They just laugh at their dad, huh? Is that what you do with dad? You just laugh at your dad's? Not at the joke, but your dad telling the joke. Okay, well, a good joke can make us laugh. But joy makes us smile. And that smile could be continual. Samuel Logan Bringle, pastor. He said, Lord, help me not be impatient with thy sheep. They may be diseased and willful and wayward, but help me to remember they are not wolves. Help me to feed, not club, thy sheep. You know, he realized as he was being attacked even by those he ministered to, that you know what, to have joy, and to feed the sheep, just as Jesus told Peter. You know, a lot of us know of John Newton. You know, it wrote Amazing Grace. Wrote that song. But many of us don't know about his life, that he was a prodigal, that he was an infidel, that he was a slave trader initially, that he was a backslider, that he was a miserable failure who deserted his post. He was flogged aboard the ship. And eventually he became a slave to a slave. But he was later claimed as a trophy for Christ, becoming one of England's greatest preachers, writing amazing grace as well. There's many other hymns that he wrote that we don't sing, that we don't even hear about, that aren't even in our hymn book. There's other ones from the Old Testament. He he often would make his songs related to what he was preaching on. But he wrote, Alas, Elisha's servant cried, The lion that on Samson roared, Poor Esau repented too late, you know, they don't really, they're not as catchy as Amazing Grace. Other ones of his hymns, a Merck's Great Theology and Autobiographical Insight into His Life. Just like he did with Amazing Grace, showing his personal testimony. One of his hymns was called Conflicting Feelings. Also known by his first line, Strange and Mysterious is My Life. And that, when you read it, I'm going to read it up, read it. I'm not going to try to sing it, okay? But it's kind of like, reminds us of Paul's confession in Romans 7, of the conflicting passions that go throughout our, in our life. He says, it's usually goes to the tune Solid Rock, or my hope is built on nothing less. But it's, he, it says, strange and mysterious is my life. What opposites I fill within. A stable peace, a constant strife. The rule of grace, the power of sin. Too often I am captive led, yet daily triumph in my head. 
I prize the privilege of prayer, but oh, what backwardness to pray. Though, the Lord, though on the Lord I cast my care, I feel his burden every day. I seek his will in all I do, yet find my own is working too. I call the promises my own and prize them more than mines of gold. Yet though their sweetness I have known, they leave me unimpressed and cold. One hour upon the truth I feed, the next I know not what I read. I love the holy day of rest when Jesus meets his gathered saints. Sweet day of all the week the best. For its return my spirit pants. Yet often through my unbelief it proves a day of guilt and grief. Well, on my Savior I rely. I know my foes shall lose their aim. And therefore dare their power defy. defy. Assured of conquest through his name. But soon my confidence is slain. And all my fears return again. Thus different powers within me strive, and grace and sin by turns prevail. I grieve, rejoice, decline, revive, and victory hangs in doubtful scale. But Jesus has his promise passed that grace shall overcome at last. I mean, when we're in those times of affliction, when we're having those battles within, we must yield to Christ. Submit to Christ. Be in His Word. Study it. And cry out to the Lord in prayer. Walk in His Spirit. And our joy will be full. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank You, Lord, for Your Word. Help us as Christians to have joy overflow in our lives. Help us to be a testimony of your grace, of showing your amazing grace. That yes, in this flesh there's that battle between the flesh and the spirit. But help us to get, lean, give victory to the spirit more over our life, to be yielded to him. Help us, Lord, to have joy, restore unto us any joy that is lost. And help us be, give glory to your name. In Jesus' name, amen.